Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and joining me once again is my brother Tommy. How's it going? I'm doing good. And also joining us is our good brother from the Bullet Cast. It's Philip. How's it going? Baby Huey, Tommy, I'm doing great. It's uh, it's Sunday night. Uh, we're here to talk about a lot of professional wrestling. But, guys, before we get into that, I want to say something. What's that? What's on your mind? I had some chicken the other day, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I just I, I just want to say thank God for chicken. <laughs> why? Oh, why is that? I, 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 it, it was delicious. You know, I want to say thank God for chicken. He didn't have to do it, but he did. He I gave him you. He gave him two legs, two mm. thighs, mm-hmm. two barissas, two wings. I got my hot sauce out, and mm-hmm. you know it was, it was it was just a good time. I I made it myself, you know. I I, I was in the, I was in the I was in the kitchen just feeling myself. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I'm like, mm-hmm. I believe I can fry. Mm. In wow. my skillet, turn the fire on. High. <laughs> mm. I believe. Oh, so you made the chicken? I, I believe you. Yeah. It wasn't to go. No, he, you he, made it yourself. You cooked the chicken. Yes. Awesome. Actually, Tommy and I had this little, not debate, but we were just uh, breaking it down earlier. There's a lot of places with uh, fried chicken sandwiches now. Yeah, it's like, turning up everywhere now. Everyone, it, everyone has joints. one now. It is. Yeah. I You think KFCs would be good, but that was atrocious. Um, Burger King, guys. That's what, so Tommy noticed Burger Ice, King. Burger King, Okay, yeah. so like we know Chick-fil-A, Popeye's Chicken, KFC, KFC now McDonald's, Burger King, Burger King, McDonald's, McDonald's uh, who am I missing? I'm oh, oh, Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. Got, got that's the commercial now. we yeah. saw this morning. Carl's Jr. Um, yeah, it, I mean, they're, they're, like it's this. Uh, who can make the best chicken sandwich now? Yeah, I tried Popeyes. I, I tried the Carl's Jr. one. It's, I mean, Popeyes. You know, it's good, but hey, man, Burger King. I don't know how they did it. Really? You had it? We haven't I've, tried it yet. I've, I've, I've had it. I've had the spicy one. Really? Mm. There's something about the sauce. Like you'll taste it, and you'll be like, you'll start to do this between them and Popeyes. You'll be like, uh debating. Really? It's fifty. Well, so the thing is, yeah. like everyone, so those like six restaurants, they're all like promoting their chicken sandwich. But the thing is, they've all had chicken sandwich for years. Exactly. I mean, Car- uh, Wendy's, they've had chicken sandwiches for years. Yeah. Uh, uh, but King, I guess, yeah, know, they've had the the same. Was it the international chicken sandwich for the last thirty years? But it's like the presentation's different. It's like fried chicken sandwich. So mm-hmm. instead of just, I don't know, the, like you said, the presentation of it is different. So that's like this big craze now. It's like, wait, you guys all have had chicken sandwiches for decades. Now it's like turning into like a big item thing to get. It's like it's always been just the norm. It's competition. It's like what. 
Coke and Pepsi are. I would say Popeyes is good, man. Uh, the Cola Wars of the 80s. Chick-fil-A. I like Chick-fil-A's a lot. And Tommy and I are big fans of the KFC one. We like the KFC I like one. the sauce. Really? Yeah. The I like so- the Maybe sauce. Maybe it's because yeah, it's the sauce. The, mine was dry. You need some more sauce. It was drier than my DMs, let me tell you. Wow. Ooh. On yeah. that note. And here's an unpopular opinion. I don't like pickles. See, I can eat the pickles. That's no problem. I pick them off. I'm I'm a fan of a, I'm a fan of a pickle. You like the pickle? I don't yeah, like I'm the. A, I'm a fan I don't, of the pickles. I don't like the pickles because <laughs> it absorbs the flavor on the bun like a sponge, and I don't like that aftertaste. Ah, uh, okay. So you don't like the bun having the pickle taste on oh, it? Yeah, I gotcha. Man, all the clicks right now are probably listening and be like, "Wait, I thought this was a wrestling podcast, not a fried chicken." I, I hey, have to get me we could talk about a lot of guys. things besides <laughs> professional wrestling. I mean. Politics is out of the picture for you. Yeah, no, but welcome back, everyone, to another episode of In the Click. So much to get into. Uh, Yeah, so Philip is going to be joining us not only to talk AEW, but we're going to talk some WWE stuff, uh, NXT, SmackDown. Uh, We got some clickbait news, Dark Side of the Ring, so much stuff to get into. Uh, Richard, unfortunately, cannot join us today. His internet is down all weekend, so he's living like an Amish person right now, probably, right? Is that the best way to describe it? You guys trade it up. I'm going to just put it like that. Oh my god! <laughs> We're gonna cover all. It's a super show today. Hey, you're Ridious. like a relief pitcher just warming up in the bullpen. I mean, no, <laughs> real talk. I gotta give props to Philip. Like literally, everyone else I've asked who was available, no one was busy. And I get it. I know it's last minute. It's a Sunday, Sunday fun day for people. They got stuff to do. Uh, but literally, like, there's been people who've been begging to be on this podcast, and when I hit them up today to ask them to join them they're like oh i I can't too busy this and that so anyway it was just kind of funny it was like come on people this is your chance be like matt cardona be always ready always ready to go because if you want that shot you gotta be ready for it that's all i'm just saying come on people you gotta rally and by the way what i just said it's not directed at one specific person it's multiple people so don't you know Starting weird, damn, crazy rumors out there. God damn this. Toxic. We're not. We're not. Try, we're not trying to throw anyone under the bus. Exactly. It's multiple people. We, we love you all here at In the Click. Yeah, we love you all. It's just today. It's just gonna be the three of us. That's all we need right now. And the Click is for everyone. Absolutely. I was actually watching a little bit of the Shawn Michaels bio on A&E. It was a replay of it earlier. Um, and they had a whole section about the click. And I was like, oh, man, here we go. Like, So it was cool to hear about that stuff. Philip, you should watch. As the Shawn Michaels fan that you are, you should watch uh, the A&E biography. On I saw it. Oh, you I did see it. it. Oh, okay. I, it's awesome. I, okay. I, I loved it. I mean, Sean, he was not the easiest person to get along with yeah. when he was younger. That that was the same for me. As as I mean, I wasn't to the extremes as him. I was just being cocky and arrogant, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but now we're both lovable human beings. Absolutely. Well, uh, I, I haven't seen all of it yet, so I want to finish it. I left off right when they're talking about WrestleMania 10 and the Iron Man match. So I do really want to finish uh, that biography on Shawn Michaels. Uh, I, you know, I've, I watched the uh, Stone Cold one. I watched the Ultimate Warrior one. I'm about like halfway through the Piper one. They're all on my DVR, so it's just a matter of finding time to watch them all. But I've really been enjoying them. And it's just the timing of them. It's pretty cool because we got A&E biographies, and then we got the Dark Side of the Ring episode. So there's been a lot of great like documentaries going on for the last couple months and just covering different topics and wrestlers over the yeah, years. Didn't the, uh, didn't the Warrior doc like for A&E and Dark Side of the Ring era like, on the same night or same week or something? 
Yeah, so both Ultimate Warrior documentaries aired in the same week. So I think A&E was, was supposed to originally air later on, but then they saw Dark Side of the Ring was going to air theirs. They pushed that one ahead. So that one aired first on Sunday, and then Dark Side of the Ring was that following Thursday. So, um, yeah, if you listen to our last episode, we analyzed both documentaries. And actually, listen, if you're a fan of Ultimate Warrior, just want to know more about him. I, I said this already, but watch both of them because I think you really get the full picture by watching both documentaries yeah. side by side so uh yeah no the Shawn michaels one it was just cool seeing Shawn michaels just at this point in his life how excited he is to work in nxt and kind of just pay it forward and help the next generation of talent that wwe has i saw a little bit of it and i liked how he when he first watched wrestling as a kid the first show that he watched was um southwest championship wrestling so yeah i'm a yeah. big fan of that territory but. yeah yeah so it's cool it's uh no all of them i, I definitely want based in san antonio i definitely want to watch all of them i think it's all great stuff and the bret hart one i'm looking forward to tonight as well i don't think you need to watch that one um i mean <laughs> wow. with, the, with the whole sean thing i mean like there were elements of sean on nxt that we're going to talk about, man. It, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, that happened, like, on this week's episode and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but we have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Um, let's talk about the, the big news that came out yesterday consider, uh, concerning SummerSlam. So, it's official. It uh, was reported a few days ago that SummerSlam was going to be on a Saturday, August 21st. The location, that was not yet announced because I think the rumor was they were kind of scrambling and trying to uh, confirm a spot uh but the rumor was las vegas and sure enough yesterday doing uh what the horse race um Oh, uh, the Belmont uh, Stakes? Yeah, th- yeah. Th- that's where they say we'll make the official announcement there. So it was announced that uh, this year's SummerSlam will happen on Saturday, August 21st, live from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, the home of your former Oakland Raiders, now, <laughs> now the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be on a Saturday, uh, I think 5 o'clock Pacific time, out there, out here on the West Coast. Tickets go on sale Oh, wow, they go on sale Friday, June 18th. Okay, so we got a couple weeks um, oh. to plan for that. But um, uh, so it's official. Yeah, SummerSlam. A couple things. One, it's the first time ever on a Saturday, so a lot of people are kind of excited. It's like, okay, well, that kind of helped maybe boost ticket sales because it's on a Saturday. That way it makes it easier for people maybe to come in. And, and it's going to go probably head to head with. Um Errol Spence versus Manny Pacquiao, the big fight on that same day as well, so, August twenty first in saying, Vegas. As Las well. Vegas is going to be a busy that weekend. You got you know SummerSlam and the Pacquiao fight mm-hmm. going on literally down the street from each other. So yeah, Philip, your thoughts on uh, SummerSlam uh, happening in Las Vegas, Sin City, baby? Yes, man. Uh, the last time I went to Sin City, a lot of sins were committed. I can't, I can't speak on them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I. I have um, prior engagements that day, so Mm. I possibly won't even be able to make it. But uh, I I will watch it, of course. SummerSlam, yeah, yeah, party of the summer. Uh, This is good, man. Vegas, you know, they're they're a hot crowd, Mm -hmm. and um, just looking at SummerSlam, like the the potential matchups that we can get, like they're and looking at the WWE lately. I mean, we 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 need the part timers at this at this point in time. We need them. We need them to move stories along. Because I mean, you look. I mean, could you could you imagine on the same card, the Almighty Bobby Lashley goes up against the Beast Incarnate Brock Lesnar, the match we've been wanting for years for the WWE title. Then over on the SmackDown brand, 
the head of the table, Roman Reigns, going up against the face that used to run the place, John Cena. Could you yeah. imagine that? That's wow. the rumor. Is yeah, Brock Lesnar and John Cena are both going to get involved at SummerSlam. The other Let's rumor, the other rumor is that Cardi B is going to be the host of SummerSlam. <laughs> now, now I, I heard you diswale. I heard you diswale. <laughs> are you are are you a fan of Cardi B? I like looking at her. Yeah, we like looking at her. So, I mean, well, here, here's my thing. I wasn't. I wasn't a Cardi B fan. She's I, a stripper, I, I, right? She used to be a stripper. She used to be a stripper. That, that, that was a. Whole, that's that's. We can't talk she, about that here in the New York. <laughs> you know, strip clubs. Yeah. Yeah, we can't talk about that. And you here. know how she got the nickname, right? Cardi B. Because she used to like drinking Bacardi rum. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, I was worried. Like, so, Cardi some B. other trick she used to do. No, yeah. that's so, the truth. I mean, I wasn't really a fan of the music because I was like, eh, I don't know. But as as time has gone on, man, I've like if Up comes on, like which is the theme song for uh, SummerSlam, it's her it's her new hot single. I'll be like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, like I'll start bobbing my head, I'll start singing because you know, if it's Up, then it's stuck. <laughs> Let you do what you want with it. Absolutely, that's a, it's it's the biggest party this summer. And we saw how how packed WrestleMania was based on the crowd size, how hot it was. Um, you know, by that point, they're going to be on the road for over a month, but because they're going back on the road in July, so um, everyone's like super excited. So I would expect, you know, it's going to be a big crowd, big turnout. I'm sure they're hoping, you know, a WrestleMania type size. And it's also, yeah, not only going to be on Saturday, it's going to be in a football stadium. So I think a lot of people are excited that. It's going to be arguably one of the biggest crowds ever for a SummerSlam show. So, I mean, there's lots of stuff to look forward to. I mean, yeah, I mean we, we, we said Brock Lesnar, John Cena. I would imagine maybe Edge will probably be involved in some capacity because, you know, he is, I think he what works at what, at least five pay-per-views a year with his new deal or something. So yeah. he, he should be involved in some capacity. Hopefully, maybe Daniel Bryan will resign at that point. Who knows what his future is. So... I think they're going to go. It's going to be very much treated like a WrestleMania type card, and that's what is exciting about this. This could be one of the best, the, one of the best SummerSlams of all time. Yeah, it has that potential. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm excited for it, and yeah, I mean, uh, I'm curious to see what what's in store. Because keep in mind, you know, Hell in a Cell is in a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and then also July we have Money in the Bank. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know. Based on the direction of WWE in a couple months' time, be really interesting what the card is and how it plays out and what current storylines they have set up. So I'm optimistic. It should be a really fun show. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully we'll get more news over the coming months and stuff. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it all. Um, Also this week, it was kind of a sad week in WWE. Unfortunately, they made some big releases um, from their roster. So they announced on, um, I think it was on... um, Let's see what day was it on? It was uh was it on Tuesday as well? Uh Tuesday, is, yeah. Or was it Wednesday? Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, right? Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday. So WWE posted WWE has come to the terms on the releases of Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Lana, Buddy Murphy, Ruby Riot, and Santana Garrett. WWE wishes them the best in all their future endeavors. Wow, this was pretty shocking because okay. In the last year and a half, they've released quite a bit of talent. Yeah. While, on the other hand, for the last couple of years, they were doing a lot of talent hoarding and trying to sign everyone the long-term deals. They didn't want them to go to any f- competition, other promotions. Yeah. 
they did a 180 in the last year and a half, let go a bunch of people. And so it's, it's a shocker to see how many people they let go. I saw one person tweet out, if you take all the talent that they've released in the last year and a half, you can create a pretty good promotion, which is that roster alone, which is yeah. everyone that's gone. Um, but yeah, keep in mind, so April 15, 2020, they released a lot of people. This past April, they released a lot of talent. In the following week, they released some NXT people. Also, Velveteen Dream was in that list. And then yeah. the following week, they released some like uh, corporate WWE slash digital, di- media. Di- digital media jobs. So they've been cutting a lot of talent. Um, a question that a lot of people are questioning or asking is like, is WWE getting ready to sell because they're releasing so many talent and people off the books and salary and stuff? Um, I don't know where you want to start. If you want to go down the list of the talent and your thoughts on all these releases or your thoughts on WWE's future. Let's go on the selling point. I okay. don't think they're going to sell. Look, uh, I, I said this on the bullet cast. Please you know, go give it a listen. It's, it's great. Uh, look, man. When when Vince shuts his eyes, when when he, when he's when it's finally time for him to go, which hopefully isn't for a long period of time, <laughs> Triple H, Stephanie, and Shane—they're getting the company now. Yeah. They could sell and still be involved with the company, but I mean, you look, go over look at Impact—a big a big company bought them out, and you, you look how that booking went for that significant period of time. Ring of Honor—they own they're owned by a big company as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which. <clears throat> So I, I don't think that's the case. You know, just people get released, and it, it's never happened this crazy, that yeah. this crazy amount of, uh, amount of talent. And that's I think that's why people are upset with the WWE and all, I hate them and all that other stuff. Like, look, people get released all the time. Mm-hmm. This yeah. happens. It's the norm. Uh, well, it, you act like these people won't be back. You act they, like they won't be back. Yeah. yeah. No, I brought, you brought up a good thing right there, which I'll get into in a second. So a couple things. Um yeah, I've worked for a corporation where, uh, and I've worked in an industry where other corporations within that industry have let go thousands of people over the years. It, 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 it's for me, I'm used to it, or I'm used to seeing big corporations let go of people. It, 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 it's just kind of just the way it is, the state of the business, and so. There's a lot of people who are very frustrated and be like, oh, WWE make billions of dollars off these TV deals. They can afford to keep everyone. Yeah, that's true. But from a financial standpoint, they have investors and board directors that they have to answer to. And they, they all they care about is the bottom line, the dollars on the paper and how much they're saving, and how much they're making. I mean, listen, I know a lot of people with these releases always say, oh, I hate you know Vince McMahon. I hate this person, this person. It's like. It's not Vince solely on him. There are a lot of people he has to answer to now. The board of directors, like I said, it's I hate to say it's a business. And like, of course, in a perfect world, you would keep everyone and pay everyone. But like I said, it's a business. WWE is a big corporation and there's a lot of bodies and moving parts involved that they answer to. So that's why I'm like, you have to realize that is (laughs) the the, the people that criticize this are probably people who've never worked for a big multi big multi-billion dollar corporation or worked for a big corporation in general. So they've never experienced this or understand truly how this works. So, um, so yeah, a couple things. One, I I can never see Vince McMahon selling WWE unless he feels like they're at a point right now where they're they make so much great content 
This is the hottest they're ever going to be from a, a value, financial value that they feel like he can maybe <laughs> make some billions of dollars and fully just retire. I don't know. I just feel like, as you said, Philip, he's going to want to be part of WWE until the day he dies. Like, imagine if he sold it right now. What would he do for the rest of his life? Like, be, I can't he'd, imagine he'd that. He'd be bored. Yes. He, That's- he, he would just he would get bored of just working out and you know lifting weights like he usually does yeah you know? so i mean the, the thing is so a lot of people are like okay they're releasing all these talents and, and and employees to to save money to make their bottom line look good and that way the investors are happy and then it makes themselves a lot more appealing to be sold off now granted who can buy them i mean people are saying oh maybe disney or nbc universal because uh, they have a great long-term uh, working deal with them with usa all their shows are on nbc affiliates except network. for smackdown yeah. Peacock. um yeah and peacock is now has the wwe network so they pretty much have all their properties except for smackdown mm-hmm. um that's like probably the number one person that they would offer it to but then again it's like i wonder if they if they could sell themselves off and then could vince still work for them in some capacity i don't know if that's even possible i don't know what that how that would work or maybe he could still have be a controller of everything look if that ever happens just let hunter do all the predominantly booking the booking the, of the it. creative and all that let vince hand the the sales side of things i don't know <clears throat> i i it's like i said i don't think and part of me is I just don't think they're they're going to sell off anytime soon. I think it's, for me, Philip, what I was thinking is I think they're letting go all these people off the books and trying to save money because they are preparing to go back on the road. And let's be know, honest, that does cost them money. It, it's funny how we're talking about this on the 39 year anniversary of when Vince bought the company from his father. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just tweeted that, that earlier. I think that's interesting. Um yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going back on the road and everything. I don't want to see Disney buy them. I'm not trying to see Pluto and Goofy win the tag titles. You feel me? <laughs> um, yeah. So I, and I, Mickey Mouse like, is going to wrestle Bobby Lashley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's going to be the world champion. Absolutely not. Yeah, uh, yeah man. Like, like I said, I don't, I, I don't, I don't believe they're selling. You know, like. I, I think, yeah, I think the thing is they're probably like, okay, let's cut some fat. Nick Khan, who's like their president now. He's looking, you know, he's not like emotionally attached to a lot of these wrestlers and staffers. He's still fairly new. He's probably looking at the paperwork and all yeah. the, the numbers and be like, okay, this is how we can save some money here, here, and here. Uh, and the people that are staying behind, we can, you know, spread out some of the workload onto these other people who are sticking around. Yeah. So it, it, it's, to me, it's not shocking how they're kind of restructuring things to save some money. Cause yeah, they, they've been saving so much money for almost a year and a half because of the lack of touring. Mm-hmm. Cause going on the road does cost them money with the production costs and the, and the talent that they pay, the, the flights and that, hotels, flights, and all, hotel, that other all stuff. that stuff. So yeah, they're like, okay, how can we save some money while we go get ready to get back on the road? I think that's more what it's all about. So. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Now, as far as the talent release, obviously the big shocker is Braun Strowman, just because he seemed like a lifer, a WWE lifer. It, it, it's, I, I'm shocked because two months ago he was in a program with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. He was in the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania Backlash last month. And for a guy his size, he's just super athletic. You, you would know? think that that's like Vince McMahon's wet dream and want to keep him forever. Yeah. 
Now, I posted something on the uh, BulletCast Instagram. It was a quote from Braun he made last year, and he said once he leaves WWE, he's taken off his wrestling shoes, his boots for good. Do you think that's going to happen? Because remember, he's talked down about the indies. <laughs> to Evil Uno last year, yeah. Yeah, like he berated the indies, and so like if he decides to stay in wrestling, he might have to you know hit the indies to make a living. Yeah, yeah, or go um, to Japan. That's the thing. That, okay. that would be interesting. Okay, Braun Strowman. I'm surprised for a guy who's been so pro WWE that they couldn't maybe just restructure his contract. I know it's kind of rare that they ask talent to restructure their contracts and take a pay cut. Yeah. Um, in the past, it's just easier just to cut them. I would not be surprised if he just resigns in the near future. Oh yeah. I sure. would not be surprised he just resigns for a cheaper value cuz I think he was making like 1.2 or 1.3 million a year. A he resigned back in 2019, I think it was like a 4 or 5 year deal. Yeah. So he was making good money. So they probably felt, you know what, he's making a lot of money but maybe we're not getting we don't feel like we're getting the full return value. So I'm sure they're going to try to resign him but at a cheaper value. I would not be surprised if they re-sign him right before Royal Rumble and he comes back in the Royal Rumble next year. Yeah. Because he's going to get paid for the next 90 days. So that's going to be what? Through what? September. And then maybe for takes a few months, maybe takes the next six months off, just recharges the batteries, heals up, and then comes back in Royal Rumble season, makes a big appearance there. I mean, that'd be kind of cool. You know, make a surprise. Um you know, if I was AEW, of course I would try to make a uh, uh, attempt to get him. Well, I'm, I'm gonna cut that off. N- not everybody needs to go there. Oh not, yeah, absolutely. Not every yeah, but like, they're the ones just, who can afford him probably the best. Yeah, I mean, well, Sinclair was is actually a bigger company than WWE that owns Ring of Honor, so technically they could afford him if he were to go mm-hmm. there. Yeah, but sure. uh, I think Braun in Japan would be something interesting, kind of like a Vader, just this big Gaijin monster. Mm-hmm. I think that oh, yeah. would be cool. And yeah. running down the list, uh, Alistair Black, Tommy, and he'll be fine, man. And oh, yeah. he went on. He went on his Twitch, and he mm-hmm. like he didn't. He didn't. He didn't bury the company. He thanked them. Said he had a great relationship with Vince McMahon. That's that's how you do that. That's yeah. just how, that's how you do that, man. Yeah. I, I think for Braun Strowman, uh, there was a Dave Meltzer reported this week that the rumor is that upper management thought that Braun Strowman was like two years past his prime. Um. I don't agree with that. I, I think he's still very good. He, he's in the best shape of his life. You see how cut he is in the last year. How 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 great he looks. He still runs around. He did like a what the uh, uh, flip onto uh, Lashley oh, the, and the Drew senton. Mc- yeah, senton against uh, Lashley and Drew last month. He's still athletic. I know he had some injuries last year. What does Meltzer know? A little puke. <laughs> no, no, but I'm just saying, he, you know, like he, he, you know, Braun Strowman, I think, looks great. Now, granted, I think the issue with Braun Strowman is they probably run out creatively what to do for him. And I feel like that's not his fault. That's the writer's fault for not trying to think what you can do with this massive guy. Yeah. Now, also, the other thing, you know, he was hot in, what, 2016, 2017, 2018, when oh, yeah. he broke away from the Wyatt family and was a solo star, and he was just a monster. And he was feuding with Roman Reigns. And he was doing, like, these big feats of strength. They should have put the title on him back then. I remember when we were doing the podcast back then, we were like, he is hot. They should put the championship on him. He became what? Like, what, Tommy? The Susan Lucci. He was always, like, so close, but never winning. Yeah. Once a... 
always the bridesmaid, never the bride. So when they finally put the universal title on him last year, it was just kind of like, ah, all right. It was was a little bit too little too late. Yeah. Too little too late at that point. So I I could see, I, I, I just, I feel like they've kind of really mishandled him over the last few years. You've had this amazing talent. Um, you know, he's such an, uh, you know, he, he's charismatic. He has amazing look. I know he's done some movies. Who knows? Maybe he wants to leave wrestling. Maybe he can go to Hollywood and do and he's some got stuff. That great Bruce strength, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I I think Braun Strowman, and it's an issue of people don't know how to use him properly, and then therefore it's his fault, and they're and they're punishing him by letting him go, and that's not fair. Yeah. Um. Like I said, I I could see him. You know, he sure maybe AEW can like go after him, but I don't know if people in the locker room would really like having him around because of what he said about indie stars last year or indie wrestlers, and a lot of those guys in AEW are former or just recently indie wrestlers themselves or still do indie wrestling. Yeah, so that might not be best for him. But yeah, I, um, maybe New Japan, mm-hmm. um, maybe All Japan or. Noah, one of the three. Yeah, I mean, maybe Impact. Um, I don't know. It'd it, it be interesting to see what Braun Strowman does next. But I can see it takes like the next three months off. Uh, but yeah, maybe he will try to go the Hollywood route or something. I don't yeah. know. It, it's yeah. it's shocking. But I, I, I think at the end of the day, I would not be surprised if he goes back to WWE for just a lesser contract. That's, <laughs> so yeah. They probably felt like, yeah, he just wasn't making... The amount of money he was making, he wasn't performing at the level of the other main inventors. Yeah. But that's, like I said, that's not his fault. That's creative's fault for not using it properly. He still does. I love watching his matches, all the power slams and the power moves he does. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, with Alistair Black, that was also shocking because two weeks ago, he re-debuted on SmackDown Attack Big E. It looked like they were going to set up a program. They had all those vignettes for weeks of the Dark Father cartoons, the, like those vignettes. I don't know. Did you see any of those, Philip, on SmackDown? Yeah, I know. I did. I did, yeah. But, dude, those production values, that was like a lot of money spent on that. So they spent all this money on these vignettes for Aleister Black, and then they cut them. It was like a waste. A waste of money. Um, that, that reminded me of a – you guys remember Kazarni? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when he, he he had all those vignettes, and then he had that one match, and then was gone. Basically, kind of the same situation. Yeah, yeah. It's sad just because like Alistair Black, that's someone that we all love his time in NXT, and we we interviewed him. You know, he's a great nice guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, and just but they never usually used him properly on Raw and SmackDown. So it's just it was a piss poor effort by management. <laughs> so I, I, here, here's the thing, my my homie uh, Wilkins, he and his uh, cohorts on the Job Tears podcast in New York. They said oh, yeah. the re- they said the reason why NXT call-ups don't work is because they don't evolve their character. They rely on what they did in NXT. What's your thought on that? No, I, I agree that's, with that. that yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. You you can't do the same thing over and over. I mean, all the great wrestlers every couple years evolve. I mean, look at Chris Jericho. He knows when his character is maybe getting a little stale or about to. So it's like, okay, I need to change it up. Um, honestly, what you just said that's so it's like on- the Undertaker as well. That that's a bigger issue I've been wanting to discuss at some point. So maybe Phil will save that for a later time because there's some great articles and stuff I've been reading about the problem of NXT transitioning from that to Raw and SmackDown. And it, it's a bigger issue. I will say this. Yes, I do agree with you. And there's a lot to that. So maybe we can have a more open dialogue um, in the near future. Just have a whole podcast about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> no, with John LaRocca, I think he has a lot of great insight on that as well. 
Um, I'll have to send you some articles I was reading, like kind of what's wrong between NXT and Raw and SmackDown. Okay, for sure. But uh, um, I mean, lo- looking at it, at the Tommy End, he'll be fine. He's going to light the Indies on fire. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 like AEW, everyone's like, oh, he goes to AEW. But my only thing is, like, if he goes to AEW, there are already guys there who perform just like him. I think he, Japan would be a perfect fit her, for him because when we interviewed him, he said the, the first wrestling he started watching was New Japan when he in the Netherlands, where he's from. And it was from uh, uh, World Sport. And they would show matches from new japan pro wrestling and that's his kind of style and he would love to i can i think he would be great in japan so that, that's japan. A, so i think like alistair black like his style yeah he can go to aew and probably have more creative freedom and do some stuff that he didn't get to do in wwe but my only issue is there's a lot of guys there who perform kind of similar to him so he'll start out hot but then when he just kind of fall to the sideline and just get mixed in with everyone else and just that doesn't become a special anymore so yeah. um i don't know uh It'd be kind of a clutter for him lana that's what i'm really shocked just because i feel like for someone like her she's gotten a lot of screen time over the years i felt like she's done a pretty good job what was ever handed to her creatively to, to do um and to her credit i think in the last year she's really gotten better in ring wise, because she's has had since she's been by herself and Rusev not there anymore, she's kind of had to transition to more of a singles competitor or even tag competitor with Naomi. Um, especially you know, big social media following like WWE would lose that. So, I don't know what do you think about you know, Lana no longer be part of WWE. That's unfortunate, man. I was, uh, I, I wanted to see her and Naomi win the tag titles, uh, see Lana have, have some gold. Um, look, man, she's the one that can go to AEW. She can be in the manager role. She can talk. And uh, just her by Miro's side, Miro, this new ass kicker that's the uh, champion of TNT with his beautiful wife by his side. I mean, could you imagine that big brute just going and demolishing somebody, holding up his championship and kissing his hot wife? Come on. Yeah. And then him and uh, her and Penelope Ford can go at it and Kip Sabian. I, I, that, that's that's a thought. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I mean, Lana. And here's the thing. She's such a huge social media following. She can easily like probably make a lot of money doing social media influence type stuff. Um, I know she's like, overall just a great entertainer. So I'm sure she has other possibilities as well. I mean, I hope she sticks with wrestling and, you know, maybe reunite with Miro. Um, but Miro is, he's so charismatic on his own. I don't know if he really needs a manager right now, but, you know, I think adding her to the mix would be fun. She, she, does, she doesn't have to talk for him. I mean, he can talk. Like she can just be there, you know, just yeah. add her to the act. Yeah. Um, no, but like I say with Lana, it's just, it's unfortunate because she took what, like nine weeks in a row? She took all those table spots from, um, from uh, Nia Jax and yeah, Shayna Baszler. Honestly, her on the table should have won the tag team title. I know, exactly. So, I mean, like I said, Lana, it, it, it's, uh, it's interesting why they, I wonder, if, like, I'm still kind of curious why they let her go. It just doesn't make sense. But, yeah. uh, Buddy Murphy, I'm not super shocked by just because they hardly used him. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. A- after his like big cruiserweight title reign, after that, they never had anything really for him. He was yeah. a disciple. Yeah, I mean well, that was pretty Mysterio good. Thing, but they re- they dragged that storyline for so long. Like literally, yeah. it started on Raw at the start of the pandemic, and it carried over 
after the draft to SmackDown. So that all these true. characters, it lasted the most of 2020. I think that was the worst feud of 2020. Was Oh, no, this is great. What do you mean? They were so ridiculous. Rey Mysterio then, lost an eye. What are you talking about? <laughs> but then Buddy Murphy and Ray's daughter and that whole thing, and it just kind of fizzled out and with no like proper conclusion. Then Look, Buddy man. was trying to get back with Seth, but Seth didn't want none. Of it. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Throw him in the X division. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. T- X division T- impact TJ, would be great. TJP and Josh Alexander just put on a banger of a match. <clears throat> yeah. I, apparently, Ultimate X is supposed to be coming back. Oh, could you imagine Buddy Murphy popping up? For an Ultimate X match? Yeah. Give me, yeah. Give me all that. I hey. want all of that. Let him pop up at MLW to Russell Myron Reed and Leo Rush. Yeah. Or go to New Japan Strong down in SoCal and do... Uh, Let him tear it up with Tom Lawler real quick. Yeah. What's or, wrong with MLW? ML- no, that's what that's what you said. Nothing. Yeah, MLW. No, throw, but throw him in there. Or the uh, New Japan, The was it the junior? The best the, of the Super Juniors. Yeah, Super Juniors. That, that would be cool. That would be really cool. And looking at these other names, Santana Garrett, I'd like to see her in the NWA. Why not? Yeah, She's so a, Santana Okay, so uh, great in the NWA. Ruby Riot and Santana Garrett, I think there's a lot of possibilities with them because I think there's a lot of great women's divisions out there and other promotions that need help or need more bodies. And with their experience in WWE, they could be extremely valuable. I want Santana to go over to the NWA. I think she would fit that, that style. And I want, I want Ruby Riot to go over to um, impact. Yeah. No impact. She would stand out. I I think, and I saw some people online talk about this. I'll keep in mind, their contracts are going to be up before all out. Now, they're probably going to have like a casino battle royale for the women's division. How great would she come out as the Joker uh, dressed up in her WrestleMania gear, which was the Joker gear? How perfect would that be? She comes out in the Joker gear as the Joker card in the battle casino battle royale for the women's division at All Out. I mean, her and Santana Garrett, if they want to go to AEW, they would help that women's division out drastically. Because let's be honest, it's really thin right now. It needs a lot of help. I think Ruby Wright would be great. But, of course, Impact Wrestling arguably has the best women's division in pro wrestling. So she can go there and just add to the talent. The other thing, too, Philip, I don't know if you really had a chance to keep track of Ring of Honor. They've been really trying to rebuild their women's division. Maria Kanellis has been like overseeing that. They've been starting to do some more women's matches and trying to rebuild that up. So even maybe going there could be, you know, be a small or a big fish in a small pond type of mentality. So like. You know, these two ladies, sure, you can go to AEW or Impact, but it's already kind of a big roster. Maybe go somewhere smaller, stand out, and then maybe, you know, build your value back up and then go somewhere else. Yeah, either, either the NWA or Ring of Honor, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad at all. No, but like you said, I, I think Ruby Riot. Uh, she's so talented. I know she had the double sur- uh, shoulder surgery, you know, within the last year. Um, she's so good. I just I think she would do great in AEW would be best for her just because they need her. Uh, but then again, you look at Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, and there's a lot of other you know female talent that WWE released earlier this year. 
Um, AEW, hopefully they'll get their hands on them to really restack that women's division because it needs the help. It, it really does. So, uh, no, like I said, um, super bummed to see all these people go, but unfortunately, I think the, the main reason is just because of a budget reason. So we'll see how it plays out. This summer is going to be really interesting. Slammiversary, you know, is in July with Impact Wrestling. And I think a lot with of people, fans coming back with fans. And I think, you know, we see a lot of people released from WWE in April. Their contracts will, their 90 day non-compete will be up by then. So Slammiversary is going to be interesting. And then this latest round of cuts all out in September with AEW is going to be really interesting. So the end of summer slash fall season is really going to be interesting to see where all these free agents go. Um, but yeah, don't forget the indie scene. I mean, a lot more indie promotions are starting to book stuff. I know Warrior Wrestling in Chicago had a big show this weekend. Uh, um, uh, GCW is doing stuff. Matt Cardona made an appearance last night and attacked Nick Gay. So there's a lot of opportunity out there for these people as the world especially in America, starts opening back up. So uh, we wish them all the best. And hopefully, yeah, they'll come out to the Bay Area for some dates, West Coast Pro Wrestling and and whatnot. So uh, looking forward to that. All right, let's move on over to uh, Dark Side of the Ring this week. It's one of our favorite shows. We try our best to keep track and review all the episodes. Um, this week was the episode about Grizzly Smith, who, for a lot of people might not know, is the father of Jake the Snake Roberts. Also, was it Tommy Sam Houston? Sam Houston. And Rockin' Robin. Yeah. Um, Philip, I know you don't watch all the episodes on a regular basis, but you did watch this episode. So I'll let you start and just kind of like your overall takes on this episode. Uh, Well... I mean, I'd heard Grizzly Smith watching like some some Jake Roberts shoot interviews, like how his dad was terrible. I'm like, okay, you know, hard upbringing, you know, that's yeah. kind of the common thing for a lot of wrestlers. But like, for like, I actually, you know, Jake Roberts was on Joe Rogan's podcast one time I've ever listened to Rogan. Yeah, a couple and years was, ago. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He was explaining like the kind of the kind of ish that he went through. And that's what led to the character that he is today, and I'm or the character that he become. They would become and wrestling I'm like, oh my god that's terrible and then watching this dark side of the ring and then putting those pieces together man i'm mm-hmm. like oh my god this guy was terrible i mean this stuff with the with like little the girls were like 12 and 13 and stuff like that i'm like yo that's yeah. that's wild i mean it, it, i give give it it was with the 70s and 80s and nobody really you know gave a crap but still like, that's that's disgusting you know and very vile yeah, yeah. And then, i mean like his son like Getting all these DUIs and stuff, and never going to jail because mm-hmm. you know, he knew because he knew people. And I think he had dirt on a lot of the people in Texas. Yeah, and then not knowing about Jake's sister, Rock and Robin, who she was the women's champion in WWE. Tommy put me on. She was she was the last one before the title was vacated and brought back in the nineties. So yeah. just learning all these interesting little tidbits. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it was really interesting learning as far as their perspective. How in pro wrestling. If there's a family involved in pro wrestling, it's it's a really celebrated thing. It's like the Von Erics, the Hart family, uh, you know, the Samoan dynasty. <laughs> like anytime there's like a big family in pro wrestling, it's like celebrated and, and people love hearing about that. But it was interesting, this family, the Smith family, how it was kept a secret and how Grizzly you know, didn't want his kids to wrestle. And when they did wrestle, none of them acknowledged that they were siblings to one another. So really just that must be just so weird that you're trying to do a sport and you can't really maybe 
acknowledge that this person's your sibling. Now, you know, kayfabe, you're trying to keep it a secret. But nonetheless, overall, that was just kind of fascinating learning about that. But yeah, overall, Grizzly Smith, just what a, a piece of S he was and just learning about him. And um, now Dark Side of the Ring... Uh, <sighs> Dark Side of the Ring, I don't know, I felt like for at least this season, some of these stories, I kind of wish they had a second hour to kind of elaborate more on some stuff. Because there were some like little holes here that I didn't fully understand and Tommy will explain to me afterwards. Um, you know, case in point, uh, uh, Grizz, Jake's, sister? Jake's sister, his older sister, um, and her whole situation. So um, as far as... Uh, um, you know, the, the sister goes missing. Um, and I don't know about you, Phil, but let me ask you this. Did you feel like Dark Side of the Ring, or at least the narrative, they were trying to say that Grizzly Smith was involved in her kidnapping slash murder? Yeah, they were trying to hint at it. Hint at it. So I was kind of confused by it. But then, Tommy, you explained to me that Grizzly Smith, um, or the daughter, I should say, she used to be, you know, unfortunately, it looks sound like raped by the father, Grizzly Smith. She got impregnated like three, three times. times. And she uh, wanted to get away. So she married a guy like what, 34, 35 years older than her. She was like, I mean, the guy was like 55 years and old. She was like whatever. 20. Yeah. And so she just wanted to get away from her dad. So she married this old guy. That old guy, his ex wife, was mad. Yes. And wanted revenge against Jake the Snake's sister. Yes. And. She's the one that kidnapped her and the body was never found, but they never could charge her with murder because the body was never found. So they could never connect the two. So but that but that woman, the ex-wife, was still went to jail for um, was sentenced for how many years, Tommy? Like, uh, it was, like was it 30 years? She, let's see. She um, since there was no body that could have been found. Um, she got out after like probation. The man's seven ex-wife years. invaded a murder uh murder sentence and only got 10 years in prison for for kidnapping. And once the ex-wife got out of jail, she and the older man who married Jake's sister uh, managed to collect life insurance on Jake's sister. Yeah. So that's, that's something Darkseid did not discuss at all. So that's what Tommy found online. That's what I read. So I don't know. Based on that, that sounds like a separate just scheme that this old guy and his ex-wife we're in on getting this insurance policy on Jake's sister. Right. Doesn't sound like Grizzly Smith had any involvement in it, but yet in Dark Side of the Ring, they made it kind of sound like Grizzly Smith was involved in some capacity. That's why I was just kind of confused on just the explanation of it all. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was sad. Uh, but yeah, my big takeaway was, you know, Jake, the snake as the amount of demons he's had to deal with, and the addictions and the drug and alcohol abuse. It, it makes sense now. A guy that is like tortured in his personal life, his family life, that does so much for you. No wonder he was just so messed up and needed to, uh, uh, you know, uh, take all this, the pills and the drugs and the drinking to, yeah. to and mask. And Cornette said he's like the Keith Richards of professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Philip, the other thing, too, it was just uh, it's like I I, rec- I know it's a tough watch, but I, I think, you know, it's very dramatic. And I think it's still worth watching to kind of maybe even learn just Jake the Snake's story. Yeah. Um, it was interesting, you know, his brother, Sam Houston, as you said, the drinking issues he had. And, you know, his relationship with Baby Doll. And, they were uh, married. Yeah, they were married. And like she said, he had to drink like, what, 32 
uh, was it Jack and Coke or um, I forgot what drink? Just to something talk- else and Coke. Yeah, to tell her dad that they were going to get married. Yeah, something along those lines. But yeah, yeah. as you said, all the DUIs he had, mm-hmm. uh, Rock and Robin. You know, it, it, for her, it was interesting to learn about her wrestling career. I just wonder. I felt bad because I wonder if her career was cut short because WWF took away the women's title and the women's division in the late 80s. So I kind of wonder if they would have kept it around. Her career could have been extended longer. You know what I mean? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, uh, you know, it was really scary when she was, you know, living somewhere and her dad came to visit and brought the little girl with her and she oh. knew something was up. So that made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. That, that was like one of the youngest ones, right? Yeah. She was like 11, bro. I can't I, believe So yeah, Grizzly Smith was a pedophile and was, was just was. all these little girls that were always around. And I don't know, did you realize, see, Tommy explained to me, so Jake the Snake's mom, they didn't really make this clear, I think, on Dark Side, but we read up on it. Jake the Snake's mom was 13 when she got pregnant with him. Yeah. Now, the reason uh, Grizzly Smith was with her, Grizzly Smith was dating her mom. So Jake the Snake's grandma is who his dad was originally dating. If that makes... I know... I know it's tough to follow Very along. I, I know his mother was young because of like he said that in one of his interviews, but I didn't I didn't know like the full story like that. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's so... Like, it's so many... Uh, you know, crossbreeding here. It's a lot to keep track of. So, yeah. So, J- Grizzly Smith was dating this woman, and then he slept with her daughter. She got pregnant and gave birth to Jake the Snake. Yeah. Um, and then it's crazy. Just I felt bad. Like Grizzly Smith was would date these women and then date. You know, would molest the, the little girls. The you know, all these little girls get them pregnant, and then um, he would just try to get rid of the kids. So Jake's brother. End up being adopted by the grandparents. Yeah, I just felt bad because like these kids, Jake the Snake and his siblings, like the dad would just get people impregnated and then then want them and just throw them out and get adopted or or have other people raise them. So it's just yeah. such a horrible upbringing. I, I just I, I feel so bad for them. Uh, I mean, it looks like they're all like Jake, his one brother who was adopted. He's they're all trying to at least have a relationship now and trying, trying to, to patch. Stumble patch things up yeah trying to reconcile yeah so um and if anything you know at the end jake did say you know he's sober now um he's trying to do better i mean we see him in aew on a regular basis so at least he's trying to come to terms with things and you know live his life as best he can now and plus he's sober plus he said that you know i haven't been his real name aurelian smith jr and probably close to 40 years he said yeah it's like more jake the snake that's who he's become like he's that that gimmick he lives that gimmick as a way just to kind of forget about his lot his you know his his childhood and stuff i can't believe and then um what was uh sam houston's mom she molested Jake as well yeah. when Jake was a kid. Did you did you pick up on that as well? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what he said in that interview. He's he said uh, and it was a so he, like his stepmom or whatever yeah. would molest him. Yeah. But I think that's yeah. because the dad would ask her to do that. Like oh. so, I got it. just it's getting graphic just when you're describing all that. So it's 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 it's, it's really scary and like. I, I, 
you know, I, I, I feel so bad for that whole family, not the dad, but like everyone else, the victims and all this. So, yeah, I mean, he's been dead now for over a decade now. Yeah. So crazy stuff, man. Yeah. So, um, like I said, you know, please watch this. If you're a fan of Jake, the snake Roberts kind of want to learn more about why he is the way he is. You kind of learn that from his family history. So yeah, crazy stuff. And then, uh, next episode is dynamite kid. So, so Tommy, that's one of Tommy's all time favorites. So yeah, Looking forward to hear that one play out. So, oh man. So, all right. So, let's go ahead, jump on over to this week in pro wrestling. Let's talk NXT. Let's talk SmackDown. Let's talk AEW Dynamite. A lot of stuff to get into. Yep. NXT this week started out with a triple threat match Kyle O'Reilly taking on Johnny Gargano and Pete Dunne. The winner will become the new number one contender to take on Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship at NXT TakeOver in your house. Um, Philip. Really great opening match that went about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was a no contest. But what did you think of just the opening match overall? I thought it was fun. You know, uh, I mean, you know, anytime any of these guys gets in the ring, it's going to be good. Now, the combination of all these guys together, I'm a quote Booker T. It was good. It was very (laughs) good. Um, And then... uh, I mean, just like going for the one final beat DDT, uh, Pete Dunne trying to break some fingers, Kyle O'Reilly, you know, fighting back, being the white meat baby face. It all just worked so well together. Yeah. So for me, what I noticed was like Tommy and I and Richard, we've joked like Pete Dunne, we're kind of over the whole snapping the finger thing. It, it gets a little tiresome watching that. Yeah, I did. What I did enjoy was since it was a triple threat. At least in this match, he would try to snap both their fingers at the same time. So it was kind of cool seeing some of these guys trying to use their offense on the other two at the same time. So Pete Dunn would try to snap Johnny and Kyle's fingers at the same time. That was cool seeing that. Um, Kyle O'Reilly, when he does that knee drop from the top rope, I, I love, love that. I love how smooth it looks. Yeah. I feel like I want someone to maybe do like a slow-mo video or even like isolate, get a good photo of it. Cause it looks like something out of like a comic book, like a superhero with a flying knee. Like that's why I love watching that visually seeing that. I'm trying to remember a wrestler in the past that used to do that move. Uh, but, but overall, no, it was a great match. I mean, God, yeah. these are three of the best on the NXT roster. Um, of course, I saw a lot of people were frustrated that it ended in no contest because Adam Cole makes his big return, attacks all three of them, takes them all out, yeah. lays them all out, um, and ultimately um, grabs the microphone and calls out Karrion Cross, and he wants Karrion Cross. So yeah. that was great. William Regal comes out like, no, no, no. Like, Adam, stop, stop. Um, what do you think, though, Philip, as far as, Okay, we've seen Johnny Gargano take like major beatings in matches before. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly took a beat down against Adam Cole at, at uh, Takeover Stand and Deliver, but yeah, Adam Cole comes out not with a chair or any sort of weapon, just straight up super kicked all of them, and they all were all like knocked out. You know, it, it, did you still find that believable, or it's like, come well, on, these guys took worse beatings in matches; they couldn't get up and fight back. I mean, well, you see, man, the way resiliency and stuff like that works, you have to be in that mindset. Adrenaline. Yeah, the the current mindset of Johnny Gargano isn't the one of which we saw when he won the NXT title. Yeah. Yeah. Completely different. Yeah. The same same goes for a Kyle O'Reilly or or even a Pete Dunne in a way. You know, I mean, he was coming out there throwing super kicks and just hitting last shots and throwing knees into faces. Yeah. After those guys have been going at it for about 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it was just funny how, you know, 
Cole's in the ring on the microphone, and then those other three guys just slowly disappear into the back, and then we see them in the trainer's room and everything. But, um, you know, I kind of would have thought they, the three of them could have got back up and just go after Adam Cole, but it was just kind of funny how it all just ended, no contest, move on. So I think a lot of people were frustrated because, like, you had this great match, but you don't get a good, clear winner. But ultimately, mm-hmm. for me, I was not as upset because I get it. It's part of a bigger storyline, which is what we see what happens later for the main event for yep. TakeOver, which we'll get into in a second. Um, but later on, we see Adam Cole come back out to the ring, calls out Karrion Cross, and Karrion Cross comes out. Now, one thing I was a little annoyed with, you know, Cross, you know, he's trying to, he's not doing his normal over the top entrance. He's just like st- storming out there. But the music is playing and it's still that long singing part. The intro. I yeah. think they knew when, we see him like with Seth Rollins and some other guys. Like they have like their regular full length entrance song, but then sometimes when it's in like in a shorter time frame, they got to get to the ring. They do like a condensed version. Right. I kind of wish they would do a condensed version for Cross and just get to the uh, what's the chorus? Uh, Fall and pray. Fall and pray. Yeah. I wish they would just jump right into that the the chorus of that theme song as he's storming to the ring. It would have yeah. more of a stronger impact. Right. Versus that long elegant singing. Uh, so, um, but yeah, uh, Philip, uh, probably one of the best in ring segments all year between the two of them. What'd you think of, uh, Adam Cole and uh, Karen Cross's segment here? Yo, let, 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 me, let me tell you something. Let me, let me, let me tell you something. Adam Cole devoured Karen Cross on a microphone, <laughs> bro. He, he ate him up, chewed yeah. him up, spit him out. Tore he him said, up. This place has done everything to make you feel special. Your cool little music, your nice little, your nice little lights. You know, you got the girl machine. by your side. You your got the girl. Machine. You know what they do to make me feel special? They ring the freaking bell. That was Shawn Michaels talking to Sid back in the nineties. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the best way to put it, bro. It's yeah. what was special about Sid. Yeah, he, he, he had a cool little entrance with the sparklers or whatever. That's about it. Yeah, Karrion Cross and Sid are on the same things. Richard, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, I'm just I'm I'm like Karen Cross. Like when you watch him, you're like, okay, he's he's all right, he's good, but he, you know, he's not that next. He's not Adam. He's not an Adam Cole. Yeah. And when I when I said we were seeing elements of Shawn Michaels earlier, this was it. I felt I felt like I was watching Shawn cut a promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was really good. I mean that. I mean that one line. Like that's that that might be the line of the year, bro. <laughs> it's just the fact he's like. People know I'm special by ringing the bell. Like, that's how they make me special. Like, I let my wrestling speak for myself. And, Tommy, you love that he said... Professional wrestling. I mean, you know, they usually say sports entertainment, at least on Raw and SmackDown. So it's great that this taboo phrase is still just said normally on NXT. Pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. That's great. Yeah, I love that. On a side note, do you know what makes us special, guys? What's that? (laughs) They hit the record button. Yeah, there you uh, go. Boom. boom, boom, mic drop. <laughs> Philip, baby. <Yeah. laughs> but no, I, I, I love this whole segment. It was so great. Um, but listen, man, I, Cross, he's lately he's been like a tweener. He has like heel tendencies. He has baby face tendencies. Adam Cole, man, in this promo. Did he become babyface here? Uh, maybe. Uh, people people are saying it was a great babyface promo cut by a heel. I'm like, hey, man, 
Look, he was just telling them like it is. Yeah. Speaking truth bombs right there. Yeah, Keeping it 100, as the youngins would say. I mean, really, <laughs> like, literally, watch, listen to him talk. I was like, wow, this, it was great. Everything he said, like, I felt it, and I believe it. And here's the thing. Karrion Cross has been a very polarizing figure in NXT. Yeah. Because, listen, I know there's people who love him, and there's people who can't stand him. People who love him because of his look, his theatrics, um, his intensity, all great stuff. And there are people who can't stand him because they feel like he's not the best wrestler. If you want proof or example, please do yourself a favor. Go to like NXT's Instagram page and then whenever there's a photo or video of Karrion Cross, read the comments and you see an example of people explaining their frustrations with Karrion Cross and his in-ring work. That's what I'll say. Karrion Cross, I will admit, at first I wasn't fully on board with him. He's gotten better over time, especially this second run since he came back from his injury. I think it's been much better. Right. There's aspects he's getting much better, and I'm glad he's doing more talking on the microphone. Um, Like I said, I think this has been much better overall. But at the same time, Adam Cole did bring some truth about... His current presentation, like he signed with NXT, he thought he was special. He's just overrated. So, like, I, I, I see both sides. I'm loving this. I'm, I'm so excited. And I just want to say, you know how much Triple H loves Adam Cole. When he's been gone for a couple of months, hasn't won a singles match at all this year. And then the first night he's back, he's already in the title picture. And that's it. Like, Philip, what are your thoughts on that? It's like, okay, he lost the title uh, last year. Hasn't been really in the title scene. He's been gone. He lost to Kyle O'Reilly at TakeOver, Stand Deliver. He's been gone for two months. That was two months ago. Yeah. Yeah, and then, but he comes back and he's demanding a title shot. Do you think he's cutting the line a little bit here? I mean, once again, what makes him special? Well, why can he do these kind of things? Because when they ring that bell, he delivers. Yeah, exactly. That's true. He stands yeah. and delivers in that in that ring. Okay. The one thing, though, I did like about Cross in this segment, he did say, you know, William Regal comes down and he said, shut up. Give me all of them. Give me Cole. Give me Kyle. Give me Johnny. Give me Pete. And so William's like, all right, we'll make it a fatal five-way. Done. And he's like, done. done. So, you know, if anything, to Cross, to his credit in this segment, he's like, you know what? You're saying I'm underrated? All right, I'll challenge all of you. Bring it on, and I'll kick all your asses. So from Cross's perspective, I thought that was great from him saying, you know what, you guys say I'm underrated, I don't deserve it. You mean overrated. Overrated, I'm sorry. Bring it on. I'll I'll kick all your asses. So that's what I do appreciate. Now, granted, I'm a little like Fatal Five Way, man. That's going to be a lot. It's like, that's a lot to keep track of. I w- it almost feels like this is a, a takeover stew. And they're like, all right, let's just throw all these guys here. They're all like hovering the main event scene. Let's just throw them all together and let them just fi- fight it out. Instead of creating like a storyline for one on one, let's just throw them all in they together. They could have done like a gauntlet. That would have been, that would have been something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so this is going to be an NXT takeover stew for the main events. Like throw them all in there, let them all have it out. But and I we'll love come it. Come up it's the gonna, winner. It's going to be a big brawl. Yeah, really absolutely here. I, I anticipate Cross is going to win. And then yeah. therefore Cross, after this victory, could be like, look, I beat four of the best in NXT. I am the true dominant champion. So for all the fans of him can get behind that, be like, see, look, he kicked all their asses. Um, I wonder, you know, part of me, though, I kind of wonder if Cross could drop the title, would he get called up at the same time? I don't know. 
Just put just put it back on Adam. I was going to say, what are the chances of Adam winning this, getting it back? But I feel like Adam and Kyle got bad blood still, so they might take each other out. Pete Dunn has been booked very strong outside the main event scene. I don't see him eating a pin. I see Johnny as the one eating a pin because Johnny just lost NXT North American Championship recently. He's the one that could probably take the pin and not be as hurt by it all. So I can see Cross pinning him in all this. Um, and I just wonder, I just wonder if any of these guys are going to get called up soon because with all the re- releases that we just talked about, they might want to restack the Raw and SmackDown roster. So I don't know. A lot to think about here. Takeover next weekend. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be super exciting. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to it all. Uh, a couple other things we'll just touch on real quick. So we saw Amber Moon. She also came out, called out Raquel Gonzalez for, uh, Want to pay back after Raquel beat up uh, Shotzi Blackheart. Dakota Kai took her out. Uh, so it leads to a match between Raquel and Ember Moon for the championship, women's championship at TakeOver. Um, Jake Atlas took on LA Knight. LA Knight, he's so obsessed with trying to win over Ted DiBiase's like, love or affection. He wants to be the new Million Dollar Man. Million Dollar Man comes out, keeps looking at him, but he's distracted. Cameron Grimes comes out. He's talking to Ted DiBiase. Jake Atlas pulls up a big surprise win over LA Knight. And then Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase walk away. Now we're going to have a match between Jake Atlas and LA Knight at TakeOver. What do you think, Phil? Do you have a feeling which one you think might be become the new million-dollar man for this generation? Uh, you mean Cameron Grimes, right? Cameron Grimes and LA Knight, right? Yeah, Cameron Grimes and LA yeah. Knight. Sorry. Um... I maybe L.A. Knight. I mean, I I don't know, man. Like, I'm not, what happened to Eli Drake, bro? I know. What it's, happened to Eli Drake? Drake, <laughs> dummy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's still I, cutting I, I, good I, promos. No, he's still cutting good promos. Yeah, but like, what happened to the dude that just cared about the wrestling and winning championships and didn't give a damn about stupid stuff like that? I kind of, I kind of miss that. I know. Yeah. Um, probably uh, L.A. Knight. Give him something to do. Cameron Grimes will be fine if he doesn't win. I see for me like the rumor is they're going to bring back the million dollar championship so maybe they bring that as like the prize for the winner at takeover I can see Cameron Grimes winning that and then I would like to see maybe LA Knight go off maybe take on Bronson Reed for the NXT North American Championship yeah I think that'd be a good feud for him I think Santos Escobar might be coming for that North American title given what we saw exactly so speaking of that was the main event for the NXT Tag Team Championship it was MSK taking on Legado del Fantasma Um, great match here so so much fun I'm super happy that Legado del Fantasma uh, overall they are moving on up in the roster yeah because when they form a year ago now, which is, I can't believe it's been a year already, after Santos Escobar won the Cruiserweight. He was a great Cruiserweight champion for, God, for how long was it? Like the last 10 the, months? The, the better part of the pandemic. Yeah, because yeah, he dropped it finally at... Um, uh, no, see, no, he dropped it to Kushida. Kushida. Yeah, on NXT TV, yeah. That's right, that's mm-hmm. the week after. Yeah, see, it I was heard, a big lot. Yeah, after TakeOver. I heard Sam Roberts say this. Escobar needs to have a gradual cl- climb to the top. He held the NXT Cruiserweight title. Let's get him in the North American title picture. Then let's get him to the NXT title picture. Yeah. And this this yeah. could be the start of that. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. No, I, I'm with you. I, I know Santos Escobar is money to me. He's so charismatic. I know he's not the biggest guy, but he has all the other attributes that we look for in an entertaining 
believable WWE superstar. He's got the swag. Yeah. So, and I'm with you. I, I, I like what you said. It's a stepping stone. Cruiserweight, I think, and I said this for weeks, I want him to elevate to the NXT North American title scene. Go after that for a while, maybe become champion, have that for a good title reign, then move on up to the NXT championship. So all these stepping stones, I'm all for it. Keep him around. He's great stuff. And then you elevate Legado del Fantasma, which I said for a long time, that should be the next big faction to run shop after Undisputed Era blows up, which they did. Uh, I don't know what Imperium status is right now with Alexander Wolf released last month. But Imperium and Legado del Fantasma are the two factions that NXT has to work with. Imperium, they're only special, I think, when Walter's around. So with that being said, Legado del Fantasma is the one that we see week to week. So, And what about The Way? The Way, I mean, they're a little bit different. It's more like, you know, Johnny does his thing and Austin Theory's there to help him out. Yeah. Can we talk about how stupid their hand gesture is? Well, well I don't <laughs> even know what it is. Like, what, like, oh. what, what, oh. what, 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 what do they do? Sign language. <laughs> Something. No, but for me, it's like I'm glad Legado del Fantasma because I felt like even though Santos was NXT Cruiserweight Champion, I thought the other two guys were just there hanging out, didn't have a lot of tag matches. But now that Santos seems to be moving on up in the roster, um, the tag team with uh, Joaquin Wilde and Mendoza, Mendoza, yeah, they're starting to get more screen time and they're getting more mic time. Their promos are really good. So, like, I'm really happy the three of them overall are being elevated. And then to get this title shot to, or, uh, this week against MSK, it was great. It was a great, you know, match here. Yeah. I'm guessing maybe they, the NXT tag titles won't be on the line to take over because the card's already pretty filled out. So, this was a borderline pretty good match that we see it at a takeover. Um, I, I loved it. I, I think they look great. Legato del Fantasma, even though they lost here. They look really good, and I, I I would love to see them kind of keep mixing it up in the tag team title scene. Granted, we saw Grizzled Young Veterans come out, but then we saw uh, Ciampa and, and Timothy Thatcher. Thatcher take them out, and they went off. So it's really cool. Like the NXT tag team division in the last few months has been like re elevated as well because it's for, been resurging. Yeah, because I felt like Philip, you know, this is like in twenty twenty, the tag team division got kind of like forgotten about or it wasn't yeah. as cool yeah. or, or as as competitive i guess i should say so i'm just really glad that that in the last few months post dusty classic things are really good for the tag team division oh yeah it's uh no legato del fantasma they really i really enjoyed the match here in msk so msk pulled off the victory oh don't forget the spot where bronson reed oh yeah steamrolled uh Santos Escobar. So Santos Escobar, he was sitting, you know, near the commentary booth, and he gets up, and then Santa, uh, Bronson Reed, you know, pancakes him into the glass. That was great. Uh, but that I think is going to ignite their feud between the two of them. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited for that. But then it was cool. MSK and Bronson Reed, all three of them with their titles in the ring, yeah. celebrating. Good babyface moment in the show. So right. I, I I keep saying this NXT post Takeover WrestleMania weekend. They've been firing all cylinders. I love. Um, oh, and how about that Kushida match with uh, Carmelo Hayes? Yeah, that was a good one. That was great too. Kushida looked great. I mean, the, the new guy Carmelo Hayes. Um, 
They said his old name previously. The, the former Christian Casanova. Now, yeah. was that his yeah. indie name? Or yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think he was on like the New York indie scene, the East Coast indie scene for a little bit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's great. So I, I think that's cool when the announcers say, "Hey, you might know him as this, but he's going to go by this now." So at least it's just from a continuity standpoint, it's all connecting the dots. Yeah. Um, but no, Kushida. You know, he shook his hand afterwards. So. Even though Kushida won, he's like this guy could be the next big thing. A lot of I mean, good... he has a he has a good look. He's athletic. I yeah, think he's yeah. going to be successful. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to that. All right, let's move on over to Friday Night SmackDown. The Ace storyline continued on. Roman Reigns and his two cousins, the Usos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Roman Reigns comes out to the ring, and you know he tells his cousins like, "Hey, you're going to go after the Smack SmackDown tag team titles. You better win them since you guys called your shot." Yeah. Unfortunately, they have the match. They lose, but it was because the ref was on the wrong side. Dominic rolled up um, Jimmy. Jimmy. And the ref was on one side, but didn't see Jimmy lift up his shoulder on the other side. So they got mad. They go back to Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville. And like, hey, we, 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 we want the rematch. And it's because Roman Reigns got mad at them and yelled at them and said, you guys embarrassed the family. You guys called your shot. You wanted this match, but you failed. You embarrassed us. You embarrassed me. You better fix this because you have the rest of the night to fix this. So they go to Adam Pierce. And initially, Adam Pierce is like, no. You know, hey, it's Stan. Sonya's like, okay, well, we'll review it. And then they confront the Mysterios on their way out who are still dressed in their gear trying to leave. Yeah. They're like, hey, we reviewed it. We're going to give them a rematch at the end of the night. And Dominic was cool about it, you know? Yeah, but here's my thing. And, Philip, you know, I feel like if you're the champions and you win, you should be able to call your shot and be like, no, we're done for the night, man. Yeah, yeah. Baby faces are stupid. <laughs> that is true. That's true. I'd be like, listen, we already wrestled our one match for the night. We won. Decision like, stands. Let's move yeah, man, like, out of here. That doesn't make any sense. Like if I if I was the champion, right? And I'm done. I'm, I've already beaten some. Like yo, nah, bro. I'm going home. I'm going. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to the bar to party. I'm I'm done for the night. Absolutely. <laughs> but no. But no. I guess you say yeah. As a baby face, like yeah, we'll we'll, we'll challenge him again. So it was a little frustrating because, like, okay, we get this match twice in one night. It's like Raw. We get rematch after rematch week to week. This one, we get the same rematch at one night. I'm like, ah. But nonetheless, they have the rematch. Uh, it's a pretty good match. Uh, um, but we see at the very end, Roman Reigns comes out and just destroys the Mysterios. Like, literally throws Ray over the barricade, beats the crap out of Dominic, power bombs the hell out of him. Great. I don't know, Philip, where do you think this could go? Like, like Ray, Ray, Ray versus Roman. That, Ooh, at at book, Hell in a Cell, book that. Um, excuse me, but book that shit. Yeah. Okay. Hell in a Cell. The two of them go at it. There oh you go. hell yeah! Give them like twenty minutes because Roman on these pay per views he normally gets the most time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just do that. Or how about this? Just fantasy booking, throwing it out there. Weapon of Roman's piss at Jimmy and be like, "Listen, you just came back. How about me and Jay, main event Jay?" We're gonna take on the uh, the Mysterios, and he wins the tag title. So he's the, that would that would add an element to Roman's character. I like he's the that. universal champion, and he's won half of the tag champions. I like that. And then Jimmy's left out. It's like, look, you couldn't handle it. I took care of business and got the title. <laughs> I, I don't know. That. I'm just saying, yeah. but it was great because earlier in the night we saw him yell at his cousins, and they don't normally he doesn't normally yell. So it was like, like quiet. That's another thing I like about this this Roman character. When he yells, it means something. Yeah, yeah. But I love when he told uh, Jay he called him Jimmy. And he's like, I'm Jay. And he's like, 
Does it really matter? And it goes back when their feud started last year when Jay was by himself at first when Jimmy was still injured, out injured. He's like, I'm tired of people not knowing who I am. They're just, which twin are you? So this is a great full circle comeback moment. I love that story detail right there. So, And let me me ask you guys a question. When do you think Roman should lose? Me, personally, I think when he loses, it needs to be when he drops that title. Yes. I mean, at this point, whoever beats him is going to be a made superstar for years to come. Yeah. And that's how it should be handled. I mean, this uh, last year everyone thought it was going to be Big E, but Big E's run, singles run, has been up and down. It's kind of been anticlimactic other than maybe the IC title win, but that didn't really last too long. Um. I mean, the easy answer is like The Rock, like, uh, no, but no, but it can't be there. No, I, I think Roman, if he fights John Cena at SummerSlam, that's one big win to add to the universe, his universal reign. You see, I, I, I laid this out on the bullet cast like a couple weeks ago. Roman just needs to beat everybody. He needs, he needs to beat Cena if that's going to happen. If Brock comes into the mix because of the whole Paul Heyman thing, needs to be Brock. Like Roman. Loses the title after he beats Rock. And that could be at WrestleMania Dallas. That could be at WrestleMania in Hollywood. So he could be champion for almost three years. Who? Why not? Yeah. It's different. Okay. So, okay. How about this? So if he beats John Cena, big win. Brock, another big win. The Rock. So three legends slash Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers. He's beaten the best the company has had to offer in the past 25 years. Therefore, whoever beats him for the title... They get the rub of all that. Exactly. It's like when Brock beat... It's like when... uh, Who, who beat Brock? Roman beat Brock. Mm-hmm. Roman Roman beat Brock. Roman got the rub of the guy who beat... Who ended the streak. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, you get the rub of beating the longest universal champion who beat the guy that ended the streak. You see yeah. how it keeps going all these years later? I, I mean, like, I, I think for a lot of people, Big E, I think a lot of people thought, oh, maybe Cesaro. But Cesaro, I think, unfortunately, was just a, a, a speed bump in this title reign. Um, Seth Rollins is a heel. I'm trying to think, who else is there on the SmackDown roster? Um, I mean, we're, we're getting another draft, I, I would assume. So I yeah. Don't know. I mean, how about this? I'm just throwing this out there. Weapon of Jimmy... It gets pissed off at Roman and enters the Money in the Bank match, wins the briefcase, and like keeps staring down his cousin. He's like, all right, you keep talking S to me. You don't believe in me. I'm going to win that briefcase, and I'm going to come after you. You see, I don't think Roman's going to be a victim of the briefcase. Exactly. Yeah, that's my thing. I think whoever wins the briefcase is most likely going to be raw and therefore go after Bobby Lashley. Yeah, like the, the woman's Money in the Bank could be for the SmackDown title. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There could so, be an NXT call-up that beats Roman. We don't know. I'm trying to think who won NXT right now. <laughs> Adam if, Cole, baby. Yeah, bro, could you imagine the star that he would be if he beat Roman? Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine, remember the pop he got when the NXT invasion happened on that SmackDown after the half the roster was stuck in Saudi Arabia still? Yeah. And he beat Daniel Bryan. Did he beat Daniel Bryan that night? Or um, yeah, he beat Daniel Bryan. Yeah, man. I don't know. I'm. Uh, that's something to think about, man. I mean, I, I I think the answer. I don't think they know yet. 
They, I, they don't. They, they don't. They don't know. They don't know yet. And it might not happen, like, at least for another year or two. <laughs> I mean, God, we could be talking about, so, yeah, WrestleMania in L.A., where they finally might have. Hopefully we're there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fingers crossed on that one. So we'll see. Um, I mean, yeah, but I love the storyline. Everything about the layers to it, the family dynamic, the drama. It's all great stuff. Um, let's see. Anything else major from this SmackDown that stood out to you? Unfortunately, the King Corbin Shinsuke stuff, it's just, I don't like how it's just a rematch after rematch and it's the same thing. Shinsuke loses, but then, but, but, uh, Baron fails to grab the crown. So Shinsuke still grabs it. So it, it feels very just too goofy to me. This is so off top. It kind of relates to this. Yeah. Our truth posted a photo of his toe. And it's like his nails hella jagged, and people were like, "Oh, you found Corbin's crown!" <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like, go, bro, go, go to his Instagram, bro, and look at. Okay, look it up right now. Uh, I mean, probably match of the night was what Apollo Cruz taking on Kevin Owens. That was a good match. I've been liking what they've been doing. I know Kevin Owens last week got the uh, Commander Z hit him with the thumb and the throat, and that took him out. And then this week he was barred ringside Commander Z, but he beat him up before the match. So Kevin Owens was like hobbling out there. His ribs were hurting. He hit the ropes, and that hurted. Uh, but it was still a good fighting match between the two of them. Apollo Cruz is still the Intercontinental Champion. I love his character where it's gone. It's so much better. So, uh, but yeah, that, that was uh, a probably match of the night. I would give that. So, but other than that, I felt like, oh my god, Tommy yeah. just showed me our truth toe. toe yeah, nail. I was like, what uh. is? Uh, so anyway, I'm just saying. Yeah, um, Chris Jericho commented, "You stole Baron Corbin's crown." <laughs> no, so I, I, I think unfortunately this episode of SmackDown there was a lot of filler matches too. So um, nothing too shocking happened outside of the Roman Reigns storyline. So um, you know, hopefully things will start picking up before Hell in a Cell. That's in what two weeks now. So looking forward to that. All right, last but not least, let's go ahead and talk about uh, this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. It was a special edition once again Friday night because of the NBA playoffs got preempted there. The big story of the night was the debut of Andrade Cien Almas, or now he's going by uh, Andrade El D. Oh my God, <laughs> Andrade El Idolo. And Idolo, El Idolo. WWE theme El Idolo would that would that would he would say that before the music would hit. That's right. Yes, El Idolo. Yes. <laughs> Poor Jim Ross, he couldn't pronounce it. El uh, El Iglo uh, Iglo. <laughs> El Iglu? <laughs> no, but yeah, man. I mean, uh, so what, Mark Henry's out there? Yeah, so Mark Henry and Siobhan, like, every time they their new signees come out to speak, it's with Shivani, but it always gets interrupted. Maybe but, they should just have JR out there, and they won't get interrupted. He's like, shut up. <laughs> but anyway, so, no, so Mark Henry and Shivani are out there, and then Vicky Guerrero comes out. Excuse me, excuse me, yelling. Love Vicky. Uh, Love her to death. But I like her introduction. She says, I have a third-generation talent here. Um, and yeah, introduces uh, Andrade. Um, what do you think of the actual debut here? Because I had a couple issues with it. But what do you think of the way he was brought out? Um, There was no music at all. He just yeah. kind of dropped out there, huh? Uh, they, they, you know what, WWE, they do the, the Tron thing. They could have done that there. There's a screen right there. Like, Vicky shouldn't have said his name. She should have said, and here he is. And then, you know, the music plays, and then, boom, like, El Idolo pops up. That's all that needed to pop up. You would be like, yeah. oh, my God. And he yeah. you know, 
comes out there all Rick, Rick, Ricky Martin, Rico Suave and stuff. <laughs> no, listen, and, I, uh, I thought he looked great. He came out with that green suit, like money. He opened up his jacket and he said, El, El, D, oh my guys, I keep butchering. El Idolo. Idolo, El Idolo on the inside. That looked great. He looked like a million bucks with the glasses, the swagger, the charisma walking out. All looked awesome. Um, but yeah, it was like a little underwhelming because like no music played as he walked to the ring and out of the ring. Um, I was just like, oh, come on. Like, And I kind of wish uh, I saw John LaRocca tweet this out and he brought up a good point. It's He should have interrupted someone like major on the roster like that's how you may like get a big debut is like he I, mean, I guess technically inter- interrupted Mark Henry, but like maybe interrupt a match or, you know, I think there could be a more spectacular way to debut someone of that level. I mean, he's arguably one of the hottest free agents out there right now. Um, I'm excited for him. I think he can do some great stuff in AEW uh, creatively. He, I'm sure he can do a lot more The WWE allowed him. I love he grabbed the microphone and spoke for himself in English. That was like an ongoing issue. Apparently, WWE felt like he wasn't uh, fluent enough in English to do his own promos. I know, like on some press stuff, he would like, even though he wasn't invited, he would show up to press things and talk to reporters. Just that way he can work on his English, talking, communicating with people. So a lot of people respected him for that. Um but yeah, I'm with you. I, just, I, I love, though, he took the microphone and said he wants to be the face of all elite wrestling. So I'm excited what he can do. Um, I know John LaRocca was tweeting this. He brought up good observations like, OK, Christian Cage and some other guys who recently debuted. It never really led to anything. Now, if you're going to bring him in, you shoot him to the top and let him stay up there in the main event scene. Now, granted, him and Kenny Omega do have a match lined up in AAA at Triple Mania in yeah, for the Yeah, for the Triple uh, A Omega Championship. So I think they're going to start telling that's Actually, I would have brought uh, I would have brought him in probably closer to that show. My personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, and yeah. apparently, you know, they're. He met with uh, Tony Khan back when his contract was up in March, mm-hmm. but uh, you know he wants creative control and he wants uh, the decisions he, on his matches if he loses or wins. Yeah, 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 yeah. So very stuff. Hulk Hogan esque in the nineties in WCW. Yeah, people were like, "Who the hell do you think you are?" <laughs> you know, that's kind of like Pac. You know, when he didn't make the first double or nothing. Yeah, because you know, he he, he kind of had that uh that whole thing and people are like oh he's kind he of didn't want to drop the hangman or something in the build to he, that he, did, he didn't want to lose because he was the uh open weight champion in the dragon gate or something yeah yeah so I'm, I'm excited overall i mean god the match i mean he's so talented we all know that i mean his work in new japan nxt uh cml l uh all that stuff like he's so good the matchups he can have here with everyone on this roster, it's going to be so great. I'm looking forward to that. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens next. I, I, I'm I, excited to see what he can do and what he can perform in the ring. Uh, let's see. The other thing I want to talk about real quick was um, a Jungle Boy here. Now, listen, you know, all three of us, we're big fans of Jungle Boy. We saw him on a regular basis get his start out here in all pro wrestling and in pro wrestling revolution. I love the guy. His in-ring work is amazing. The way he's been presenting AEW has been like the like the underdog, the the um, overcoming the odds. I want to see his character evolve, though. I felt like for the last two years, he's just been the guy who's been in Jurassic Express, the tag. Uh, occasionally, he'll overcome the odds and take a beating, but still win or or 
lose, but he took a hell of a beating. He won the Casino Battle Royale at Double or Nothing. He has a match with Kenny Omega. That got pushed back a couple weeks. So maybe they're going to do a better job building up to that. But I feel like, and this is something John LaRocca also put on Twitter, and him and I were texting about it. He needs to have a little more fire in him. I feel like he's not uh, evolving and being more charismatic or yeah. showing more emotion. Yeah, he's really calm. He's not like he's he's not uh, over exuberant in the uh, emotions department, and you you need that. I mean, look, he was in this position uh, a couple years ago when Jericho was champion yeah. in AEW, and we we saw the result of that. Um, there wasn't really a lot of fire there. Now, and it, you know, it's funny, Jungle Boy was one of the early signings when AEW first got started, mm-hmm. um, like in in April or, or March or whatever it was, all the way back in 2019. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what goes on. Yeah, well, so as we saw on this episode of Dynamite, it was him and Christian Cage teaming up, taking on Private Party. By the way, Private Party, why are they wearing that? They're not wearing their regular ring gear. They're wearing, like, street clothes. I hate that. It looks uncomfortable. Oh, just, they just came from the Hardy family office. Or the club. I think that's what they're yeah. trying to say. Oh I don't like God, that. Oh, my God. Is that private party? I like that. <laughs> I like that part. <laughs> but, you know, so Christian Cage and Jungle Boy wins. Jungle Boy gets the win, and he submits... Um, uh, 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 the snare trap on DeQuinn, and he's staring down Matt Hardy on the outside. Um, great moment, visually, like he's staring down Matt Hardy because they had a little beef at the Casino Battle Royale. But it was funny, him and Christian Cage are celebrating, and then Christian Cage is leaving the ring. The cameras focus on him, and then Matt Hardy attacks him from behind and hits the twist of fate. So it looks like Christian Cage, Matt Hardy are going to have a program probably. But I felt like in that moment, they should have been focusing more on Jungle Boy. He's the star. He's the number one contender. Um, but when they finally did cut back to him, it was okay. Like, he just, he had that same facial reaction. He always looks just kind of like, like he's staring at the crowd for the very first time. He's always like, whoa, wow. Like, I want to see him progress and, like, show more emotion, show more, like, just different range and facial expressions. Like, I want this character to evolve or he's just always going to be stuck in the mid car tag team scene. Like that's why I'm just getting a little frustrated with jungle boy and how they're handling him. I know not necessarily his fault. It's powers that be to probably control this and book this. But if I had any advice for jungle boys, like, dude, I want to see more from you. You got to evolve into a main event player. Cause I think long-term that's what they want from him. Um, it's just, like I said, it's just a little frustrating when I see that. Um, and John LaRocca, he tweeted a good idea as well, was he thought, okay, Pac, who's in the triple threat match of double or nothing, he didn't eat the pin. Orange Cassidy did. So he, he could easily, in his mind, think, well, I didn't lose here. I should have a one-on-one match with Kenny Omega. He could see Jungle Boy, the new new number one contender. Everyone's focusing on him. He should have came out and confront Jungle Boy and be like, you know what? I know you won the Battle Royale. You think you're the number one contender. I didn't lose to Kenny Omega. I should get my rematch first. You wait. You go to the back of the line. The two of them should go at it, and then the winner takes on Kenny Omega. Oh, yeah. That that would be really good, you know? Right? Let, let, let Pac slap him up. Like, I think yeah. that's when he, let, Kenny, let Don Callis slap him up. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Do you look at the color of your glasses. Don't touch me. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Anyway, I just I I want them to build up Jungle Boy better as well. Maybe give him some more singles matches. 
instead of just this random tag match with Christian Cage. Give him some more singles wins uh, leading up to Kenny Omega. Really build him up as a main event player. I mean, that's all I ask here. Because like I said, we, we love Jungle happened. Boy. All this stuff is happening on dark and dark elevation, Huey. You just have to watch. Oh, come on, man. We got Rampage coming up, man. We got too much Dynamite or AEW stuff to watch already. Oh, did you hear there might be a TBS title? Did you hear that? Really? Like for the women? Oh. Yeah, like okay. a like a secondary title on the women's level. Okay, cool. I mean, I think <laughs> they got a All right. I mean, I, I I you know, too many belts. I mean, No more titles. I know, jeez. I mean, the trio's um, title is coming though. It's already, it's already. But let me happening. ask you this, Philip. Like uh, my main thing, takeaway with Double or um, not Double uh, with AEW this week, it was an okay episode. It wasn't like super spectacular. I'm a little disappointed because this is the Fallout episode from Double or Nothing. Double or Nothing. Would you say that's their biggest pay per view of the year? It's their WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was their first show. So yeah. yeah. And so this is the Fallout episode. So you would think a lot of these major storylines would come to a head at Double or Nothing. And then the Fallout episode, you can start some new fresh storylines. Very much like the night after WrestleMania at Monday Night Raw and that SmackDown. Like fresh new stories. I felt like this episode of Dynamite, it was just a continuation of where they left off. How many times? I swear you could have a drinking game on this episode and take a shot every time someone said, this is not over yet between you and you. Like Ethan Page, Scorpio calling out Sting and um, Scorp- Dude, uh, Sting well, I'm, and Darby I'm, Allen. I'm sick of Sting and Darby. Yeah. That needs to be done. It's stupid. Look, they, I've said this time and time again. The only time, I mean, the only thing that they have in common is that they're both weird and wear face paint. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Eddie Kingston calling out the Young Bucks that they're not done yet. Uh, the Pinnacle, their whole victory lap celebrating that they won. They called out the pin, uh, uh, excuse me, Inner Circle. Inner Circle celebrating their win at Double or Nothing. They told the Pinnacle it's not over yet. So it's like reverse engineering. They start out with Blood and Guts, which should have been the last match of this feud. Then they got the Stadium Stampede match, which was more of a comedy show. And now they're probably going to have individual matches because we know it's going to be Jericho and MJF at some point. So it's like the reverse. It should have gone the other way around. Um, and then, uh, 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 yeah, Sting, Darby Allen got called out by Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky that's not done yet. So they got all these storylines that are not done yet. Probably the best promo of the night was Miro, though. Miro called out his wife, said how hot she was. But I love Miro's promo. He still established himself as a badass monster. I'm so happy the direction Miro's going now as champion. Um, that's great stuff. Um, and then in the main event, we saw it was the um, uh, uh, bull rope match. Oh, yeah. Actually, before I forget, uh, Red Velvet took on the bunny. God, that match was not that good. Red That's, Velvet. She put the suicide and suicide death. That was a bad suicide dive. Like, whew, that was scary stuff. Uh, but yeah, then the main event was Dustin Rhodes taking on Nick Camarado in the bull match, uh, bull rope match. Um, it was okay. Uh, Nick Camarado, I like his look. I mean, we're talking off the air. It's like Bruiser Brody or uh, who's who's the other guy, Tommy? Oh, I was thinking if um, Billy Jack Haynes and Hercules Hernandez had a kid. <laughs> That's who it would be. So um, I kind of wish Nick Camarado would have won this, though. He needs to win. The factory needs to win because I feel like that faction is like, Philip. would you say he's like entering Team Taz territory? Yeah, well, they won the they won the tag match. They won tag match earlier, but other than that, they've been losing everything. Um, 
I saw one point the ref hang uh, hand Nick Camarado like the blade to cut him up, uh, start bleeding after he took the bell shot from Dustin Rhodes. Uh, it was an okay match here. Um, like I said, I think Nick Camarado should have won to keep that faction looking strong. But uh, yeah, so we'll see what it goes here. Like I said, it was I, I felt like it was an okay episode of Dynamite. Nothing too st- stood out from other than Andrade's debut. It was very forgettable, unfortunately. So, um, yeah. hopefully things will get better by next week. It's going to be next Friday once again, uh, with the NBA playoffs still going on. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, all right, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up for this, uh, super show edition of In the Click. We covered a lot of stuff on this episode. Uh, Philip, where can the clicks just find you online? Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Instaham. Uh, Heel Antwine, H-E-E-L-A-N-T-W-I-N-E. The Bulletcast on uh, Instagram and YouTube. Add Bulletcast on Twitter and Facebook. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I hope you guys enjoyed my spiel about chicken at the beginning of this thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Tommy, how about you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at IronFist1982. I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey83. For everything else, follow In The Click on social media at In The Click. In the click at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Watch the videos. Hit that like button. Smash that like button. Leave a comment. Rate, comment, review. Please share the podcast as well. It all helps out a lot. Get the merch. Click the link in our bio to get that as well. We appreciate all the support as always. And on that note, let's go home. And at the bottom line, because Huey said so.